welcome. Welcome to the Talking Transformation podcast presented to you from the Western Cape Pod Bunker located here in the heart of Cape Town, South Africa. This pod is presented to provide a platform and a voice for built environment professionals and interest groups who are working towards transforming the places and spaces here in South Africa. It is dedicated to those individuals and community groups that are supporting both the formal and informal processes that are shaping our cities and our spaces. In today's Talking Transformation podcast, we celebrate Women's Month here in South Africa and the emergence of a new voice in the planning collective the Women in Planning South Africa, or WIPSA for short. In our last few episodes, we've looked at the youth in planning and questioned the value proposition being offered by the profession at a time of massive global upheaval. We're going to hear today from Gugu Engabesi, founding director of WIPSA. And you're going to hear from her very clearly around their emphasis and value proposition. She'll talk about youth development and the nurturing of young talent as a cornerstone of their philosophy and the importance of gender issues in our planning profession, not only in the workplace, but with the communities and society that we serve. We asked Gugu what led it to this initiative, what were the early successes and challenges, and what lies in store for the growing membership of the organization. Although it's been a quiet month during August for the Talking Transformation podcast, it follows a very busy month in the preparation for and the lead up to the episode on the future of the planning profession in South Africa. There's a lot more planned in the coming weeks and the coming months, and although you won't hear from her in this episode, planning and journalist graduate Amal Saji helped in the co-production of this episode. You're going to hear a lot more from her in the coming weeks and months. We hope you enjoy the episode. As always, we look forward to your feedback. You can find out more on our Twitter platform on Talking Transfo and the number one, or alternatively, the Anchor podcast platform app, where you can leave a voice message on your thoughts and reflections on today's episode. We hope you enjoy. So it's just gone four o'clock, uh, August 24th on a Monday, and across in Durban, we're absolutely privileged to have Gugu Engbezi. Gugu is the founder of the Women in Planning South Africa. Uh, how are you today, Gugu? How's things going? How have you been keeping during this transition phase into phase two of lockdown? Uh, you've got a lot of changes coming in your family in the next couple of weeks. Not so. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Peter. Thank you for inviting me for this uh, discussion this afternoon. I'm doing very well, thank you. Actually, this lockdown has in- introduced a lot of things to me. Um, I've been able to do some of my online courses. So I think it was a great opportunity for me to actually um, do this continuous professional development uh, program. And also, I think I've been doing quite a lot during the lockdown because you don't have tea breaks and lunch breaks. So you just continue doing your work. The fact that I'm, I'm, I'm highly pregnant right now, it's, it's actually, for me, I don't have anywhere to go. So I'm just stuck in front of my laptop most of the time. But I'm actually on maternity leave officially now. Well, we're really going to wish you all the very best for, for the pregnancy and the baby arriving. Good luck with that. Uh, and in the meantime, you've delivered on another initiative. Congratulations on the initiative and the efforts in establishing Women in Planning South Africa. Uh, that's all happened during the course of this last year. I think you had an online uh, launch early, a month or two ago. I'm fascinated to understand more in this conversation today about 
WIPSA and what it stands for, why why you've introduced this as a new umbrella organization and how important the, the whole gender issue within the profession is at the moment. So, yeah, what, what led you down this path and how, how have you found yourself here as the founder of our newest professional organization? Actually, Women in Planning South Africa is established around the concept of gender mainstreaming in the planning and the built environment sector in general. Uh, maybe to uh, briefly unpack the concept of gender mainstreaming, what we are talking about and what we want to encourage in, is a different thinking or a different approach about gender issues and uh, uh, how we approach it in the planning uh, policies and, and, and strategies that we normally do. For instance, uh, our IDPs, SDFs, uh, how are we really addressing the gender issues in real life, the issues of of housing, the issues of access to social infra- infrastructure, because mm-hmm. those issues, they actually affect women in, in ultimately. So I wanted just to create a platform for women to engage and come up with different solutions in terms of how do we address these things in real life. Of course, we also want to address the issue of gender inequality in the in the sector. Uh, I just want to give the the opportunity to the young women in the sector who might be Mm. interested in planning, but they don't know where to start, uh, where to go. And for me, having gotten an opportunity to be a mentor to some of the female candidates in the planning sector, uh, I saw a need to actually create this uh, this platform for for young professionals, the female uh, uh, in particular. That's basically the the motive uh, uh, behind starting Women in Planning uh, South Africa. And, of course, we want to work with other organizations in, in the sector, SecPlan and SEPI and any other organization, even international organizations. So we are not just uh, pulling away and doing something uh, completely different. But our main focus and what we want to emphasize is the gender uh, um, uh, around planning policies, but also around the profession uh, uh, in general. It's always fantastic to hear when somebody takes the initiative and finds a way to contribute beyond just their immediate workspace. And again, you know, it's really great to hear the way that you've described the ambition and the reason and the rationale behind WIPSA. And, you know, what's interesting to me is, you know, let's start with yourself in terms of your own background. You know, where did Mm. you study? How did you get into planning? And if I understood correctly in reading some of the background information, and I get the the, the sense that we, the professionals, a lot to your high school principal. Did I understand that correctly? And is there a nice story behind that, how you got into this space? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, My high school principal was uh, instrumental in in, for me to decide uh, on on, on my career. Basically, what happened is that in my last year in high school, uh, my principal told me that this is the career that I think you should pursue. But at that time, I had already applied for other courses and I was taken by different universities. But for some reasons, I do find myself now uh, doing town planning. What is what is uh, interesting is that at that time, uh, when I was doing my, my high school years, there wasn't enough information about what town and regional planning entailed. So in my head, what I thought was that 
I'll be doing all these complex drawings that I used to do in school because I used to do technical drawing and physical sciences and I was quite good in those things but I hated the fact of that I'll be doing these uh, complex uh, uh, drawings so I think it's very important even now that uh, we provide opportunity for uh, career guidance to, to, to the students because what we are taught in school and what we actually do as town planners is totally different. So it's, 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 it, I think it would be nice to actually advise people about the profession itself. And then I actually enroll, enrolled uh, at the DUT to complete my national diploma in town regional planning. And then I did the BTEC in management. Later, I did my master's, master's in town and regional planning at the University of Pretoria. And then after that, in 2008-9, I established my own consulting firm, which is uh, the Pelele Planning and Environmental Consultancy. But uh, subsequently after that, after I mean, I, I think around 2015-2016, I started this initiative, uh, Women in Planning uh, South Africa. Even though we didn't, we went. Um, uh, active uh, around that time when we only started now to be active uh, around social media uh, in terms of what we do as women in planning. But it's an idea that I also just introduced to set plan back then in 2015-2016. So then we here we are now. Well, indeed, here you are. And I mean, the, the what is the reaction being from SAC Plan? Is the I guess they are they're the primary or umbrella organisation. They've been quite hands-on on the women's uh, issue, particularly last year. I think there was a series of uh, roadshows that they did addressing women in planning. How, how have you found the reaction being to the launching of the initiative? Well, it's been very wonderful. Um, uh, what's interesting is that we're getting uh, support from other women planners uh, around South Africa and I've uh, realized that there's many of us but we are working in our little corners we don't have this opportunity to engage and to to see who else is doing these things way. So we, we've gotten a lot of support from from different planners in the industry. And we've also gotten a lot of support from the students. That's a very it was very interesting to to me to find out that students are actually interested in this initiative, and some they just want to volunteer because they want to keep busy. They want to do something. So uh, one of the things that we want to do as uh, women in planning is just to open up opportunities for young planners to to, to come on board, uh, share their, their, their expertise and initiatives and what they would like uh, the organization to do for them. And perhaps that will open opportunities for, for employment for, for these candidates. That is why we also want um, uh, corporates or the companies to come on board and, and, and say they are looking for um, unemployed uh, graduates to help them with uh, registration as well. So the, the, the support has been very uh, wonderful. Um, I didn't expect it. And the fact that we launched this uh, during the lockdown, so I wasn't expecting the, the support to be as, as, as great as, as it is. And we, we are uh, increasing the, 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 the number of followers every week. The number of followers are in, is, is increasing. 
So thank you very much to everyone who has supported. And uh, some people do have some reservations, but I think it's quite early and people will get to understand what we are trying to achieve with this initiative. I mean, it's interesting you say some some people have had reservations. What what type of reservations have you come across? What have some of the challenges been in 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 getting the the, the whips established? Well, like you said, I think some of the people have been asking the questions as to what is it that we're bringing that is different from what SEPLAN uh, uh, yeah. or SEPI and any other organization is doing. Uh, like I said, uh, we are not trying to exclude uh, any narratives or opinions from other genders or other organizations in the sector. Our our objective is to try and work with them, with those organizations that are already uh, existing. But our mandate or our, our objective is, is a little bit different because our focus is on women in the sector. Uh, I understand that SECPLAN and, 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 and SEPI, they've got their own mandate, so we cannot go into another organization and try to influence their ultimate mission. So, But working together, I think we can achieve uh, what we all want to achieve in terms of, 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 of changing the way we operate in the sector, changing the way we implement the policies and strategies in the sector. So our focus is a little bit different. And what we are doing basically is not new. We, we see it happening all around the world. The world. Uh, it's an initiative um, that uh, other countries are, are, are actually going for, uh, countries like Austria, uh, Vienna. So it's, it's not something that is completely new, but it's something that hasn't been actually uh, done in South Africa, and it's quite needed. So I think um, uh, that's why we started this initiative. It's really interesting when you talk about this period of lockdown and trying to launch anything, whether it's business, whether it's a, whether it's a, a professional organisation, is, is a challenge at the best of times. But in this one where you're, where you're struggling, it's, it's almost a double, double-edged sword because on the one side it, 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 it's difficult because you're starting off with you know the, the, the inability to be in a room and have a discussion with people. But then through platforms such as the Skype that we're on today or whether it's Zoom, or MS Teams, all these different platforms – it also seems to have opened up the ability to have a conversation. Here we are, you're in Durban, I'm here in Cape Town. Um, the listeners will be listening, whether it's on their podcast uh, apps around around the world, uh, as much as in South Africa. So it's it's almost this, this uh, it's given opportunities which maybe weren't there before. And so my, my, my question to you is really around social media and how, how important that has been in, in getting you going in getting your message out, and as you say, you're seeing growth on a on a regular basis, which must be such a satisfying thing, of seeing the benefit and the and and the uh, reward for your initiative. So yeah, your thought your thoughts on this whole question of uh, working with these this uh, technology we have, social media, whether it's Twitter and LinkedIn, which I think each of these you're involved with and have got a, have got a presence on, and we'll talk a bit more about that just now. But yeah, your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think um, this lockdown has actually taught us something um, uh, very important that we do not need to wait to see each other face to face to actually uh, talk or have these meetings. I think it's provided us with a great opportunity to engage with anyone, any anyway. Uh, going forward, I do think and believe this is uh, the way to go. 
and uh, it's it's also um, uh, saving us money. We don't have to organize um, uh, meetings in these costly venues and all of that. So I think this is these are the platforms that we really need to start uh, using as as planners or any other profession or anyone else who wants to engage with people in different uh, areas. So it's been very um, useful to us. And um, it, it, I don't know whether I should say it's fortunate or unfortunate, but we actually, on, on in March, when we wanted to lodge, that's when the, 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 the lockdown started. So all these years we've been waiting and waiting and wait, waiting and when we wanted to launch and then the lockdown started, but we didn't, we didn't stop. We said, you know what, we have to do something. So we'll continue, we'll just see how it goes, uh, whether we receive feedback or we don't, but we something that we're going to do. So I, I think it's been a, a great opportunity for us to work through social media and we're able to actually uh, engage mostly with the youth through social media. I think it's a great platform for everyone to use. I mean, it's interesting there you talk about we, the idea of as a, as a group of you who've, who've been responsible for this. Maybe if you can tell us a bit about how you've gone about uh, structuring the organization, even in this sort of fledgling uh, format, who've been your main supporters and are there fellow directors on board? Uh, and is this something you're going to sort of relook at on an annual basis, the idea of electing uh, almost officials to, to, in a voluntary sense, drive the initiative forward? What, what's your thinking and how have you gone about it at this stage? Okay, so basically WIPSA was founded by three registered female planners, which is myself, um, uh, two uh, of my friends, Miss Meneli Simshanga and Samgil Tsiwemkizi. They are both uh, town planners. Basically, for now, the, the organizational functions have been driven by the three of us, but we are hoping to actually establish a board to execute over, oversight. And we are also inviting uh, other women who would like to uh, uh, volunteer their services to come on board. But we do have a constitution as well, which is available on our website, which uh, just provides an overview of the structure uh, within our organization. And uh, what's um, good uh, is that we have received uh, uh, support from other women in the industry who want to actually help and they want to be part of committees. Any committee that we can uh, establish uh, within the organization, they want to be part of that. So we are still trying to formalize uh, the structure. Uh, we, we, we just wanted to get the feel in terms of uh, the membership, in terms of how people uh, uh, respond to this initi initiative. And of course, uh, I think uh, we'll start with our members and those who have registered as, as members of WIPSA and see if they would like to offer their services uh, somehow to actually help to manage uh, the organization uh, going forward. What, what, in your opinion, between yourself and your co-directors there, the three founders, what is the agenda? What, there are so many different built environment issues right now. Housing, top of the list, you know, water, sanitation, major issues, uh, growth of informality. I mean, there's an agenda as long as our arm. But in terms of the, the, the gender-based issue and the female perspective, 
What do you think are the main issues that we should be thinking about and that WIP, WIPSA is going to be looking at in, in these months and years to come? I think also relating to this COVID-19 issue, I think the issue of access to social infrastructure will be uh, critical going forward. Mm. The issue of access to uh, sustainable human uh, settlements, and I use sustainable because there's a reason. Uh, I think it's time now we start uh, uh, providing uh, services or the infrastructure that has all the required uh, components to it when you're providing these the, uh, 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 facilities. So it's not a mat- matter of uh, just, just providing a, a shelter. And in doing that, we must consider the needs of women. And we know in South Africa, according to the stats, that most of the households are, are, are headed by women. women so Yes. So uh, uh, when planning around these issues, the issues of of housing, social infrastructure, we must understand who is mostly affected by these things and how can we uh, offer better services to to our communities. And one critical thing that I think we should um, uh, think about as planners is that planning is basically about people. So we must start uh, doing our work uh, uh, with that thinking that we are doing this for people. So it it goes beyond just doing these strategic plans, policies, and following your standard procedures and all of that and trying to comply. We are really planning for real lives here, and we need to start taking that seriously in our policies. That is why I was talking about gender mainstreaming in Mm. the context of policy drafting or development strategies um, uh, drafting. So we, we, uh, I'll just make an example. In our IDPs, uh, SDFs, and most of, of, of the planning documents or planning, uh, uh, the development plans that we do, sector plans and all of that, we always talk about, we always give this background about the socioeconomic uh, uh, status quo but how do we use that information to actually address the issues on the ground to actually make sure that the the the, the environment uh, that uh, the women find themselves in is actually safe to also address the issues of gender based uh, uh, violence because there's uh, poor uh, um, access to transport uh, infrastructure or ne- uh, because of poor uh, transportation networks. So those are the things that we, st- we really need to start to look at and see how they affect uh, 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 the gender in, 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 in the context of, of, of planning. What I was uh, actually thinking about these days is the fact that as planners, I think we are sort of like trying to take a backseat when it comes to these issues, or we are sort of like inferior to other professions in the sector, uh, whereas we should be actually taking a leading role. What I mean by that, like I was explaining the the issue of IDPs and having to document so many interventions that could be implemented through the IDPs, but we fail to follow through in terms of 
whether those things are implemented. There is a lack of integration when it comes to other sectors who are uh, 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 critical uh, when it comes to, to, to implementing these things like provision of, of transportation, uh, the social infrastructure and all of that. I think the, the, it, it's, it's quite difficult it, it, to, to address it, but I think as planners, in order for us to be able to address this, we need to sort of take a leadership role in these matters because uh, uh, IDPs, like like I said, even we are planning for, for 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 the communities, for people. As planners, we understand that. But other sectors, their focus is about providing the structures and providing all these mega uh, uh, facilities. But it, for us, it goes beyond that. So we need to take this leading role to ensure that the infrastructure, housing, and all of those things, they are channeled to the areas where they are needed most. And the people who have all that information or understand better what is required is the planners. By us taking that leadership role, we'll be able to coordinate efforts from different sectors. It's quite difficult to get everyone involved and everyone participating or inter, uh, providing their integrated inputs. But I think it's something that uh, uh, we should start uh, looking at as planners to actually take a, a leading role when it comes to these issues and, and make sure that it results to what we want to achieve through our IDPs and any other strategic development development planning. In, in planning. I think it's a critical moment for us, Gugu, not only in term, terms of that COVID uh, recovery or you know, in terms of as we transition out of the pandemic or the worst impacts of it, but as as you've mentioned, the Integrated Development Plan or the IDP, that, uh, that will come with the new municipal elections next year, uh, a new term of office, another five-year term, and to try and establish a... a an agenda, a manifesto that builds on that political, uh, whoever wins in the different municipalities, but at least starting to put down a clear um, a clear agenda for the next five years ahead in each of those municipalities. This leadership mm-hmm. you talk about is absolutely fundamental, I would agree with you. Yes, definitely. I, I, I think that's the only way we can uh, try and address these issues properly, because we find that a different department is doing something somewhere mm. in their corner and someone is doing, but there's no coordination. Yeah. But if we take uh, planners and put them as lead in those issues, I think we'll be able to actually uh, do something better and, and, and achieve what we want to achieve through our IDPs. I guess that age-old issue, uh, sectoral uh, integration as well as the integration across the spheres, province working with municipalities, province working with the national departments, hopefully all, all tries to make sense and, and moves us in the right direction. Yes, definitely, definitely. One of the initiatives that I was really impressed with and excited about, uh, in particular with a lot of the podcasts we've done recently where we've tried to take a bit more of a youth perspective and a sort of professional capacitation, was that you are running with, if I understood correctly, an internship placement program. Um, Can you tell us a bit about that? How does it work? How how have you looked for partners to assist you with the placement of, I assume, uh, female graduates from planning schools? It's a very exciting initiative. 
Yes, Pete, our idea from the beginning was to match uh, candidate planners. We were actually looking at all genders, not particularly uh, women. And uh, of course, the priority will be uh, female candidates. We wanted to just get a register of all graduates who are looking for for employment and, and keep it so that if there's any prospective employer, it's easy for them to just access our database and offer interviews to, to those candidates. I received many applications uh, from young learners uh, with potential uh, skills, and we've also received a few corporate partners willing to interview the candidates. But I do feel that this is still an area where we still need a lot of support uh, from, from, from corporates or in, in, in the government. What I actually wanted or thought about in terms of this as, as women in planning, we want people to just come on board and volunteer to be uh, mentors to these graduates because we find that a lot of graduates are sitting at home and they don't find uh, mentorship uh, so if we can get mentors to say we are willing to just provide mentorship to these people just so that they register for for that two year um, uh, that two year that is required uh, to register. And so I, I think that's the other way we can approach it because it's not so easy to get people to offer employment uh, based on these economic times that you are faced with. So if we get uh, volunteers from the registered planners who say we are willing to provide mentorship and guide the, the young professionals until they get registration, we are more than open for that discussion. And I'm hoping that people will offer those services to our young planners because we've got quite a lot of them. We've got a long register of those candidates waiting to, to get opportunities. Yeah, it's it's a big issue because I know for even within my 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 situation and my employer uh, in terms of the municipal space, um, we've seen the internship program is not going to be continued with next year. One of the big challenges for graduates um, is the closing of opportunities. And again, that's why I say I'm very excited to see that your mm-hmm. internship placement program is going and uh, is up uh, to try trying to assist the, the next generation of, of planners. And thanks for clarifying that it's not just the female, but both male and female graduates. So, Gugu, I mean, one of the questions that, that probably comes up is the, the benefits of mentoring. And I think those of us who've had a mentor in our career have, can you know, point to the success and and the advantage of having a mentor. Is there somebody who's helped you during your your career, who's helped you and mentored you along the way? Oh, okay, that's that's very interesting. <laughs> For me, I'll say I, I did have a mentor, uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't a, a woman. So that is why I wish that um, uh, many women or all the registered women can come on board and help uh, students with mentorship. In my in my university years, one of the the people that actually helped me uh, was my lecturer, uh, Miss Jo Lincoln, uh, who was a gender activist in the 1980s, and uh, he was she was involved in the Natal organization of of, of, of women, I think. So she was very instrumental uh, uh, for my my training during my university years, and I learned a a lot from her. And she was one of those 
practical people. I could relate some of the things uh, when it comes to what we were doing in the university and what the expectations should be when you go to the, the work environment. But I think the difficulty comes when you leave the university, like I was uh, highlighting that uh, there's a lot of students who want this mentorship uh, program uh, mm. after their university years, and it's very difficult. So this, this is what, where I think uh, WIPSA can assist. But of course, if we get people who are willing to mentor uh, these students uh, for, for free, in my company that I also run, uh, I take students, I even tell them to come and volunteer. I tell them that there is a difficulty. I can't even pay some of you, but I'm willing to mentor you uh, on a voluntary basis if you want to come just to get the training for two years so that you get registered. Uh, it's fine with me. So I provide those opportunities. And I've got a long list of people that I have actually helped with mentorship under my, my um, consulting firm. But it's something that I want to do under website as well because I want to different people with different yeah. skill sets to, to assist us in terms of that mentorship program. Can you perhaps give a bit more explanation? Let's talk about it on two levels. One is around uh, if, if, if people who are listening want to get involved and join, uh, join WIPSA as a member, how do they go about that? And then if somebody is saying, look, I want to be a mentor, I want to be registered with you um, to try and assist and spread that load geographically, um, as well as in terms of uh, perhaps different specialities, how do people do that? So on the one hand, membership, second hand, uh, the, uh, the, the mentoring. Basically, our membership structure uh, is structured, structured as follows. We have academic, corporate, young planners, students, retired planners, and associates. So associates is anyone who is not a planner uh, but commits to the principles and objectives of the organizations. For now, in terms of membership, we are actually encouraging people to register for free, but we do have the 100 friends registration fee of which we've actually um, uh, it's tried to stop it for the period of August, just so we get more people uh, to be uh, members. So in terms of membership, then you can also visit our web page to find more information about uh, those categories that I've mentioned. Uh, there is no uh, membership fee, which is just that um, registration fee, which is uh, for the month of uh, 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 August not applicable. So in terms of uh, offering the services like uh, mentorship, you can also just drop us an email contact, uh, and tell us that these are the skill sets that you have and you would like to offer uh, mentorship and we'll just we have a different uh, um, sort of like register for mentors then we'll try to link uh, uh, those mentors with, uh, with the candidates that we already have in our, in our register. I know people can find you on LinkedIn, but what is the email address that you'd want to share uh, in that regard, particularly around the mentoring? So, um, I mean, email is admin at website.org.za. Okay, so it's e easy as that. And is there an online uh, application form for, for, for prospective members? Yes, there is an online form. You can uh, request it via email or also download it from our web page, which is www.websa.org.za. 
Fantastic. So it's all set up. You've got your website going. You've got your LinkedIn profiles, Twitter pr- pl- platforms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What can people expect from you in the coming twelve months? What are what are your? You've clearly got your own family commitments coming in the next few days and few weeks. Um, but your co-directors and your members, what can we expect to see from you in the in the next twelve months or so? What's your priorities? Once we move out of lockdown, are we going to see you uh, more visibly in terms of uh, meet and greets? What's the thinking? Uh, yes, definitely. You're going to see uh, our faces uh, going forward. Uh, but what we are hoping to do in the next uh, few months, we're hoping to just strengthen our partnership with other organizations. We spoke about uh, CEPI, SECPLAN, and any other organizations. So we just want to strengthen that uh, relationship and see what we can do together to actually uh, uh, help women in, in the sector. And we are not just looking at the local organizations, but we're looking internationally as well, uh, the organizations that are doing the same things that, that we are doing or what we're trying to achieve as WEBSA. So we want to reach out to them. And of course, you can expect more conversations, more engagement uh, through our social media platforms. So we're still going to continue w- with that. But also, I believe uh, the programs and strategies of, 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 of our organization must be decided by our members. So we want to hear more from our members in terms of what they want us to address uh, going forward. We've had some input from some of our members uh, highlighting uh, things like mentorship. I think mentorship is the most uh, uh, talked about uh, topic. So they, they want us to to help around that area. And the issue of internship placement, uh, job placement uh, for, for professional planners, and also the CPD training for the, the practicing professional planners. So we want to engage more around those issues and see how we can assist each other going forward. It seems like you've got a full full program ahead of you, and there's a lot of, lot of amazing contributions that you're clearly going to make. Just a reminder to yourself, uh, Gugu, as well as the listeners, that even reviewing something like this podcast uh, can get you three, three CPD points. Um, that's one of the things that we've organized and endorsed by the SAC plan. So absolutely, you know, there, any opportunity, any avenue that we can develop this CPD uh, expand the the knowledge base of our, of all professionals planners within South Africa. That's clearly an ambition that the podcast and whips a whole dear. So good luck with that. And anyway, we can help you in the coming weeks, coming months. Um, you know, what we're certainly looking in the second year of the of the podcast to be looking at collaboration, about working with different partners. Uh, we've spoken last uh, episode with uh, SAPIs, with the uh, South African Association of Consulting Planning Practitioners. Um, we've been endorsed by SACPLAN. And to pull in another organization such as yourself and work with you and help you wherever we can is absolutely fundamental to why we've set ourselves up this side as well. So I look forward and I hope that we'll work together in, in, in the months to come. All the very best with it. Uh, yes, definitely, Pete. Uh, like I said, what we want to do is not to do our own thing in our little corner. We're hoping to integrate with other organizations who are doing the great work in the planning sector, trying to do 
best things. Uh, so we are hoping that going forward we'll be able to work together and understand um, each other's objectives. No one is pulling up, uh, on the other side. We all want to work to together towards a common goal. So yeah, hopefully uh, going forward and even after my maternity, I'll be able to start doing a lot more things um, around these issues. Well, we certainly wish you the very best, Gugu. As I say, congratulations. I'm extremely excited to see where this is going. And I say anything that's new and innovative and trying to bring a, a coherent message in the planning profession right now, it's always going to be welcome. So thanks very much for spending some time with us this afternoon. I know you've been very busy between your working from home, between your family responsibilities and obviously preparing for a new arrival. And uh, we look forward to get, meeting up with you again. Maybe in the next month or two, we check in again, Google, find out how you keep in and find out how things are progressing within the WIPSA space. Thank you, Pete, uh, very much for inviting me for this discussion again. Before I forget, we have the women, the Cyclone Women webinar, I think on the 26th, this Wednesday. So I'm inviting you for that. And I've been invited uh, as a, one of the panelists uh, representing Women in Planning South Africa. So please join us for that. That's fant fantastic. And thanks, thanks for reminding us. Just please what, what, just remind me the, the date and the time of that webinar, please, uh, Gugu. It's on the 26th of August uh, 2020, which is this coming Wednesday at 2 o'clock to 3.30. Yeah. Fantastic. So all being well, if this, this, if this podcast goes out tomorrow after we've recorded it, it will be the following day. So it's actually going to be quite a quick turnaround. So good luck with that, Gugu. I know you've, as I say, you've been very much in demand. And again, I think it's, it, it tells you how excited people are about what you're trying to do there. And I wish you the very, very best going forward. Enjoy the rest of your day. Be safe during lockdown and all the very best with, uh, with your new, new arrival in the coming weeks. All the best. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Talking Transformation podcast. Please engage with us and let us know your thoughts on this episode. You can do so via the Anchor podcast platform. There's a voice message function available via the app. You can also follow us on Twitter via Talking Transfo and the number one. So Talking Transfo one. Our theme music is kindly made available by Tribal Need. Find out about the music, the street art shows here in Cape Town and Europe via tribalneed.com.